Hi there. I'm Tim, and this is my co-host, John. Each week on the SETI BIMCO show, we talk with people about their humorous or dramatic high school experiences. Or we watch a terrible movie about high school. Hey, Tim, as Real Latinos was nice enough to let us run this promo, I learned some Spanish. Listen to this. El personal de los restaurantes llama a Tim el hombre huevo. The staff at restaurants called him the Eggman. That sounded great, John. What, whatever you said. Hey, you can listen to Study Bimco every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Right, John? That's right, Tim. S E D D Y B I M C O. Like, you've never forgotten to do an intro and just use llama sounds before. Kiss to Hacienda. I hope he gets transferred soon. So is for Latinos. Hola y bienvenidos a Real Latinos. My name is Ismael. This is Ron. ¿Qué tal? And this is Guti. ¿Qué pasó? ¿Qué pasó, mi gente? We are Real Latinos and we are here to discuss Latin American cinema. And today we have a very, very special movie, Zama. Zama, directed by Lucrecia Martín. Um, but before we get into the feature presentation, let's go and see what we've been, uh, what we've been up to this week. So, Ron, why don't you go ahead and get us started? Uh, not, not a lot, just mostly working. I did, um, while I was, uh, editing the other night, um, my wife was sitting here watching TV and she, uh, she had on Ferris Bueller's day off and I had a really, nice. really hard time paying attention to the podcast that I was supposed to be editing. Mm. So, um, because I was too busy <laughs> quoting every line in the movie along mm-hmm. with it. Um, yeah, uh, I, it, it, Ferris Bueller is one of those movies that, like, I forget how much I love until I'm actually watching it. Oh, dang. But, uh, yeah, it's very... I remember it, like... So, I I love John Hughes quite a bit, and a, a lot of it has to do with the fact that when I was, like, a little kid, probably too little to be watching these movies, but when I was a little kid, um, The Breakfast Club and Ferris Bueller were movies that my mom would frequently um, have on. Um, and so, yeah, it's just... It's one of those things that, like, it's it's built into my DNA. Um, and the older I get, the the more like I realize like um, Cameron I think is like the real star of that movie in a lot of the ways. Um, Ferris Bueller is just like the plot device. <laughs> um, and Ferris Bueller is Ferris Bueller a bad friend? I feel like Ferris Bueller is a maybe, bad friend uh, maybe, for sure. Maybe. I mean, I know it's a unpopular opinion, but I'm at two and a half stars for Ferris Bueller. Yeah. Do not really? like Ferris Bueller. Interesting. Really, yeah, you learn little brat. You learn. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Bueller. Yeah. Yeah. White privilege is the movie, right? Hey, like, um. Yeah, literally. <laughs> white privilege hey, is the bada, movie. Bada, bada, also, bada. like, I don't need school. School's lame. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude. All right. Yeah. Maybe maybe if, maybe if they did a sequel, like, now and, like, showed, like, how his life ended up with that yeah, attitude, would you fucked be? up. <laughs> that movie. Yeah, maybe retroactively, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Five yeah. stars. <laughs> yeah. and then Matthew Broderick gets, like, a... Get, get, gets his his Oscar for like playing like a broken version of this like you know 
showing that like you know, this <laughs> yeah. kid peaked in high school and like it was all of course i guess he kind of played that in elections so um but uh <laughs> yeah anyway what about what about you guys good thing what'd you watch one of them watching uh <clears throat> other than football well we're running a, a tight schedule here so uh i took some inspiration from rod uh in our last episode or Took some or inspiration future episode. Future episode. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I took some inspiration from Ron, uh, you know, <laughs> in our DMs, and uh, decided to, you know, instead of watching YouTube videos while I go to bed, to watch something uh, else while going to bed. And there was a documentary that I found last year that I really enjoyed. It took me some time to hunt down because uh, it's a, I think, I believe it's a Miramax title, so... Mm. Those films are kind of hard to get on physical media, and they're not mm-hmm. a lot of times on streaming. So on eBay, I ended up um, picking up Personal Journey with Martin Scorsese through American Movies. Oh, cool. Mm. And so I watched it last year, really, really enjoyed it. And so this year, I, I feel like I need to watch it again because I feel like it's an annual viewing to kind of just remind you of like where you've cut, you know, where movies have come from and uh-huh. where they're going. And it's kind of cool because he goes through each age of film and he obviously picks his favorites from each of those ages, but I think you get a good perspective on everything that's happened throughout the history of cinema, at least as it pertains to American movies. Um, and I think he goes up all the way to like Barry Lyndon, um, for yeah. example, because he's like, oh, well, you know, I can't really keep going further because then at that point I'd be criticizing or, you know, talking about my own contemporaries. Uh, yeah. So my friends, my buddies. Yeah, my friends, my buddies. Uh, <laughs> Spielberg. <laughs> no, no. So, uh, so yeah, so he, he kind of like goes through his journey and I haven't finished it. I only got through like, you know, the first part of it, but, uh, but yeah, I'm excited to keep uh, watching that. Uh, it's definitely something that's going to be an annual watch for me. So excited. What about you as well? What have you been up to? Well, actually for me, you know how I be just working, uh, working, working, working. Last night had a huge deadline for three different uh, research papers and, um, three, yeah, yeah. I've been in a lot of studies. Uh, two oh, of man, them. We recorded yesterday. Yeah, too. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's. Uh, uh, I was real. Uh, th- there's a reason why I did not watch the movie. <laughs> um, uh, but luckily, the movie that we recorded, uh, I had already seen many times, and I loved. But um, yeah, I, I'm I'm the lead of two of those uh, research projects, and so I wasn't like directly in charge of uh making sure that it was all getting done <laughs> and uh it's uh-huh. very very stressful but um we got there in the end we got there in the end we, we made the deadline keep... we submitted those abstracts and now it's time to finish writing the entire paper uh for two of them the third one i have to just kind of edit but good lord um it's just a lot of work <laughs> a lot of work what i'm trying to say is i haven't really watched too many movies but i do have an interesting uh-huh. stat um for myself uh overall I've watched one, two, three, four, five, six movies that are not um, part of the Relatinos canon. Yeah, just three, <laughs> just six movies that I've watched this year so far that uh, we're not recording on. And of those uh-huh. six, five of them, I rated five stars. And I just really? think that's a pretty cool stat, you know? Uh, early in the year. How many of them are directed by Inaritu? <laughs> Who? Well, how many how long you got Mexican directors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or uh, Edgar Wright. Yeah, or Edgar Wright, you know. Yeah. Is Edgar Wright Latino? Uh, I think yeah. I've asked this question before. I still we the question is maybe, still out maybe, there. Maybe maybe in season 2 we'll find maybe out. We'll yeah. find out. <laughs> maybe we'll find out. Maybe we'll find out. But um but yeah, uh, I 
I've actually, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, uh, obviously, you know, early in the year, um, mm-hmm. I'm teeing for the first time. So really busy with that and uh-huh. all my deadlines really busy with those things. But, um, so yeah, no movies, just keep on watching the office in the background. Well, go back. But what are, what are some of those five-star movies? Oh, like you've, okay. You've been well, on a run. Yeah. Like, tell us, well, you know, I was what, on, what these are, are, this is the run, right? This is the run. Yeah. Uh, I've talked all, all about these in past episodes, but here's the rest. Uh-huh. Babylon. Okay. Five stars. Uh, My 1,000th log movie, 2001 Space Odyssey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Five yeah. stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Inglorious Bastards. <laughs> five okay. stars. Okay. Fantastic. Uh-huh. Gremlins 2, The New Batch. Yes. Five stars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> incredible. <laughs> incredible movie. Uh, I, I didn't know that a movie could be specially tailored for me, and there uh-huh. it is. <laughs> Then the streak is broken with M. Thregan, Megan. Um, <laughs> incredibly overhyped, two and a half stars. Huh. Uh, then we have two Real Latinos episodes, and those uh, ratings, you, you can go ahead and, and, and see those uh-huh. ratings in the episodes when they come out. Uh, but then the latest movie that I watched, Amadeus, five stars. <laughs> so, uh-huh. yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just having a great old time over here. Watching the movie, the little movies that I do get to watch, I I'm just really enjoying them. <laughs> so, um, I do wanna, I do wanna. Do you think that has anything to do with it? Like because you get a break from like the the stress of like a- academia. I think you're right. I think that's exactly yeah. right. Like, what do I want to do? Do I want to gamble and watch M. Thregan, or do I wanna <laughs> rewatching Glorious Bastards? Like, uh-huh. oh man, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I think I think exactly what it is. Because of all yeah. of them, a lot of them are rewatches too. Uh, so uh-huh. you know, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, had a great time. Um, I highly recommend all of those movies except them three again. Um, uh, but uh, let's get into the feature presentation, which is Ron's pick, Zama. Zama came out in 2017, directed by Argentinian masterful director Lucrecia Martin. Um, it stars one of uh, Real Latinos' favorites, Daniel Jimenez Cacho. It's also got Lola Duenas, Mateus Nactergail. I'm so sorry for mispronouncing that last name. I'm very sorry, Mateus. Um, Juan Minujín, Nahuel Cano, Mariana Nunes, and Carlos De Feo. So, uh, let's get into the historical context of this film. Guti, why don't you go ahead and take it away? Zama is a 2017 Argentine period drama film directed by Lucrecia Martel based on the 1956 novel of the same name by Antonio Di Benedetto. The original novel by Di Benedetto was first published in 1956. This novel and his other works that followed garnered Di Benedetto little attention at the time, though later his works would earn him several honors, among them accolades from the French and Italian governments. Much like famous authors such as Franz Kafka, and Edgar Allan Poe, Di Benedetto's career followed the same trajectory and that only after his death did critics and scholars reassess his work. He remains largely unknown in the U.S. outside of scholarly circles or those compelled to learn more about Martel's films. In the early part of his life, Di Benedetto experienced isolation and often wrote about it. In writing this novel, Di Benedetto spent years researching the period and location he wanted to set Zama in to achieve its historical accuracy. One influence on Di Benedetto in writing Zama too was the biography of Dr. Miguel Gregorio Zamayoa, written by Efrain U. Biscoff, 
1952 about Acordia Oro, not unlike Zama, an Americano serving as the chief justice in what is present-day Bolivia, who was forced to remain in his unhappy post waiting 14 years until his transfer in 1799. Like many Latin American authors of the day, Di Benedetto set out to subvert authority, and in his novel does that by unraveling the classic romantic period and its focused on a petty racist ineffectual man. After familiar Martel Salta trilogy, La Cienaga, The Holy Grail, and The Headless Woman, you know that this is perfect material for her, as her films often discuss the concerning gap between the rich and the poor and the class divide between the privileged descendants of colonial imperialists and natives. Coming off a nine-year hiatus, Martel first announced her attachment to the film in 2012. Filming began in 2015, however the completion of the film was slowed in post-production for two years after Martel learned she had cancer and was struggling to maintain her health and complete the film. Luckily in 2017, the film was completed and Martel announced she was in remission, and the film debuted at the 74th Venice International Film Festival in late August. A month later, the Argentine Academy of Cinematography, Arts and Sciences chose the film as the national entry for Best Foreign Language Film, now known as Best International Film, at the 90th Academy Awards, and for Best Ibero-American Film at the 32nd Goya Awards, the equivalent of Spain's Oscars. In 2022, it was selected as the 19th greatest film of Argentine cinema in a poll organized in the same year by the specialized magazines La Vida Util, Taipei, and La Tierra Quema. Thank you so much, Guti, for a wonderful historical context, as always. Uh, I actually didn't really know almost anything about that, so thank you, Guti, for that, for that background. Uh, and Rowan, why don't you go ahead and take it away for the synopsis? Don Diego de Zama is a magistrate in a remote Spanish outpost in 18th century Argentina. The town is plagued by rumors of the violent criminal Vicuña Porto, but Zama is preoccupied with seducing a Spanish noblewoman, impregnating members of the indigenous population, and trying to get transferred to a more desirable post. Zama gets into a fight over slavery with a junior colleague. The younger magistrate is transferred in Zama's place, and the governor that Zama was counting on to recommend his transfer also leaves. Zama tries to gain a transfer recommendation from the new governor by turning in a fellow employee who is writing a book during work hours, but this too backfires when the governor informs him that it can take up to two years to even reach the King of Spain. Defeated, Zama joins a party going into the wilderness to hunt for Vicuña Porto. When one of the other volunteers confides to Zama that he is, in fact, Porto himself, Zama informs the captain of the party. Porto, however, convinces the men to turn on the captain in exchange for wealth. The group kills the captain and counts on Zama to lead them to where precious gems can be found. Zama realizes that the gems they seek are worthless, and Porto and his men cut off Zama's hands and leave him for dead. Zama is saved from death by some indigenous locals, but his future remains uncertain. Thank you so much, Ron, for a wonderful synopsis. Uh, man, Zama, a lot of shit going on here. Or not a lot of shit going on. I don't know. <laughs> but, but uh, Ron, this is your pick. So why don't you go ahead and get us started with your first point for the movie Zama. My first point for the movie Zama is the reason that I picked the movie Zama over the other um, 
the other films in uh, Martel's uh, filmography, uh, a gentleman that we're very well acquainted on this show, mm-hmm. and I think we're probably going to continue to explore as the show goes on, that's uh, one Daniel Jimenez Cacho. Mm. Um, he has become one of my favorite actors over the last few months that we've been doing this show. And uh, um, in in this one, too, uh, I think um, he gives yet another excellent performance, a very... Uh, um, a lot more understated performance that we've we've seen of him in in, in a few other things. Um, and uh, yeah, dude, dude's got a lot of range. He can do dude's got he can range. do a lot of stuff um, because we've we've seen him uh, in in other things being very animated and in your face. We've seen <laughs> him um, being uh, you know very um, I don't know filled with like. Uh, like aggression filled with turmoil. And then this one, um, I, I made a joke earlier about this being like a workplace comedy, but like <laughs> I I could totally see this character being like a guy in in like a white collar environment, like yeah. you know, like trying to like climb yeah. the corporate ladder and stuff. Like, you know, <laughs> you you place this like a couple hundred years in the future and like give him, you know, like a comb over and some glasses He's and like white a little from tie. The and yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um and yeah, like just uh, I I I didn't even look at the plot um, when when I picked the movie. Uh-huh. I was like, okay, he's in it. Like that shot on the poster looked pretty cool. Yeah, uh, let's just let's just dive in blind. Um, so I didn't know what what the movie was about, what to expect, what the tone of it was gonna be. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he. Um, we're probably gonna talk about the pacing of the film and and some other of the filmmaking aspects. But um, I. <laughs> Other than the fact that I started this movie way too late at night and had to start it over the next morning, right, right, um, right. <laughs> you know, I I was very engaged um, with what he was doing on the screen, even. And there are a lot of quiet moments in in the movie, but I was one hundred percent focused on on him and the choices that he was making and what he was doing. Uh, what did you guys think of him? I mean, no, yeah, he, sorry, go, you go first. No, yeah, no, he. I thought he was absolutely amazing in this because I think you've mentioned before, Rom, like a lot of times in these more quiet performances like you can kind of just take take them for what they're what they what they are mm-hmm. and like maybe you know we don't because they're not accentuating as much or whatever we're, we just think that like they're not really performing but uh i think he just plays it perfectly like this nobleman who's just kind of lost in his own like he doesn't know well he thinks he knows who he is but everyone else around him is telling him he isn't that. <laughs> so yeah. I think he just plays it so perfectly. And it's like, he makes so many bad, de- like his character makes so many mm-hmm. bad decisions, but at the same time, just his portrayal of that character makes you sympathize with him, even though like, uh-huh. it's like, dude, you're an idiot, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. just the way he plays it so well with those subtle cues in his performance, uh, really make you feel for him at the end. Or at least I uh-huh. do. What yeah. about you, Esmael? What do you think? I mean, I love Daniel Jimenez Cacho. As y'all know, Bardo, one of my favorite movies of the last oh. year. So uh, very, very biased going in um, <laughs> with uh, Daniel Jimenez Cacho. He's, I mean, I feel like he knows just exactly how to to get to it, you know? Like he, like, like Ron was saying, like you put this 100 years in the future and he's Dwight from The Office. Like he's just like, using modern sensibilities for that period piece and like perfectly perfectly portraying it like i think uh-huh. i think it's fantastic um dude's kind of a kind of a just a schlub 
you know he's just kind of uh, <laughs> yeah kind of just kind of sucks <laughs> you know? so, um yeah it's it's crazy it's yeah i really really love this performance here as well oh. um and a uh, full disclosure i'm right there with ron tried it last night couldn't do it back this morning <laughs> you know um but yeah yeah i mean he's uh one of the greatest uh latin american uh actors of this generation so uh, what else is there to say? Dude's dude's got game. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but, uh, Guti, what's your first point for for this movie, Zama? Yeah. So, oh, man, I one of the things that I love, love, love about movies is like when you get those opening shots that tell you pretty much everything you need to know in that opening shot. And the opening shot to this film, which is on the poster, where he's kind of giving his well, his self proclaimed heroic pose. Standing, uh-huh. you know, on the on the beach, right next to the ocean, him looking out into the ocean. Like I think that shot is just perfect in setting up, you know, the fact that he's gonna be struggling with his self identity the entire course of the film, right? Wanting to be back in Spain, wanting to be back to a country where he's not even really from because he was born there uh-huh. and he was born of uh-huh. people that had come you know, he's born of Spanish descendants and maybe mixed right with the the culture there, but he longs for something that's miles and miles away. And I think that shot is perfect in setting up kind of what this entire film is about. What'd you guys uh-huh. think? Well, that actually goes uh, pretty well into my last point that I want to talk about, but I'll, I'll save it for the end. But what I'm trying to say is ditto. Like straight up, like I, um, yeah, huge, 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 huge into that. Um, I think like, um, like this dude, just like chasing that Spanishness, you know, trying to. Uh, but uh, honestly, you know, he's just he's stuck where he is, and it is what it is. And um, man, what a what a punk. <laughs> but uh yeah i uh i don't i don't want to get too into it um but because uh, i want to save it as my last point but uh go ahead ron yeah well i yeah kind of um it's you know we already mentioned bardo and knowing that you know he's the lead in that too i i picked up there there are certain parallels that that i picked up um certain topics of discussion that would lend themselves to together and um yeah, like I said, I, you know, I, I, I think you've, you've got more to say about that. So yeah, we can, <laughs> we can save it for later if you want. But, um, but yeah, like there's, uh, there, a lot of those shots definitely helped convey like, um, the, the, the longing and the introspection that, you know, that he was, he, he was going through and, um, and, and the, the feelings of self-importance. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Insane like, self-importance yeah, from this dude. Yeah. I mean, who among us, uh, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but I, I mean, I highly, highly agree with you. And then also, like, even right from his introduction, dude's a punk, you know? Uh-huh. He's just, like, yeah. spying, being a warrior, <laughs> like, on, on ladies taking, like, taking a bath. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, and, the, and uh-huh. then and then somehow when he's running away and he, like, feels embarrassed, he remembers who the hell he is, uh-huh. apparently. Apparently. Uh-huh. just, like, starts slapping that lady who was oh chasing God. him. I'm like, right. dude, yeah. that dude had a head start and still gets caught. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. What a... Because well, he had to pull his pants up. True. So. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so, yeah, this, this Zama, dude. This Zama. Guy. Um, this guy 
Uh, so my first point for this movie is um, the it's it's like staring everyone in the face. Colonialism, uh-huh. bad, <laughs> you know, not good. Uh, and uh, I I think the quote that like really solidified it for me was um, when this old couple comes in and sees Zama, mm-hmm. and they're like, uh, they spared nobody, like they killed everybody there. But now there's nobody left to work. I was like, you're fucking kidding me. (laughs) Did you just say that? (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, oh, geez. When when that happened, I I just, I could not not believe it. I could not believe Uh what was being said. Um, Or I guess I could because, you know, colonialists. They they, 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 Uh are pretty pretty terrible people. And, um, like, they were like, they sounded so proud of it, too. They're like, yeah, we, like, we took our people... Uh, descended here and we 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 kicked everyone out of here we killed everybody uh all this and that and we deserve like like basically demanding the world and it's like uh-huh. dude you you killed everyone <laughs> like what the fuck so, um uh-huh. yeah i mean that's that's uh that's my first point and which is you know a very glaring first point for this movie uh but i think it still deserves to be said like i think it's just you know gosh oh gosh oh yeah that that scene was amazing actually low-key kind of reminded me again we're not a political podcast (laughs) of the uh (laughs) of the conversation that people usually have when they talk about you know workers in the farms and stuff like that you know probably illegal and they're like oh no they're stealing all our jobs i'm like really Mm -hmm. dude you're gonna go you're gonna go you're gonna you do know, this. Get sunburn in the sun, and yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> shut the hell up, dude. Like, yeah. But anyways. well, not only that, the fact that like, like those the those migrants that everyone is so scared of, like, wouldn't have to leave where they were if the U.S. weren't, you know, sending their yeah. corporations exactly. down there to like take away all Jesus the opportunity that was down there. Christ. Exactly. Exactly. Just, so, but I don't yeah. want to get into politics. Nah, so. This yeah, is not exactly. a political I, podcast, I, I, but we just do want to say fuck those fools. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to, uh, you know, I just wanted to say that it reminded me of that moment mm-hmm. without diving too deep. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll start our series on NAFTA in the, in the break. <laughs> Save it for season two. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Ron? What are your thoughts on colonialism? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, should I, should I like go into a whole devil's advocate? Know, thing? It's like, well, <laughs> well, if you really think about it, <laughs> there, yeah, there are I good mean, people tra- on both sides. <laughs> oh, like, I mean, we're, we're trying to drive, we're trying to drive content here, right? So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very poignant, very poignant thought. Right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, colonial is good for some. Yeah, people. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Way to go, Ron. Way to go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> drive those numbers. Yeah, baby. drive the Help numbers. Help me the of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh, man. Uh, my grandpa's going to slap me the next time he sees me. Oh, my gosh. Um, oh. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, so, But that's your second point, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could like... Um, I, I could talk about the cinematography and the <laughs> the production design. If you want to steal my yeah. second point, but uh, before right, we I'll do that, you. before yeah. we do that, Guthi, what's yeah. your second point for yeah. Zama? What does Zama rhyme with? Ooh, baby, I know what we're yes. talking about. <laughs> Hit me with that Zama's. llama talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No. So like. Yeah. So that. So I mean, I I think everyone enjoys that scene whenever they see it. But I think like just in the context of 
of Zama himself. I love how he, like, the entire movie kind of invites humiliation around him. And then, you know, whenever he's talking to the governor or any of the people, he's always, like, super polite and trying to do, like, the mm-hmm. noble thing. But I think it's in, I think it's in Gutchell's performance that it, it all seems kind of, like, artificial. Like, he's just doing it because he's trying to get to an end, uh, right? And so when, <laughs> when that scene took place where he's talking to the governor and there's just a llama just, like, randomly going about in the back i was just like is martel essentially saying like this guy's like he's basically a llama like he's just basically he has no sense of where he's at he has no sense of who the hell he is even though he thinks he knows who he thinks he is he is right so i i thought that was just like for anyone it might seem a little too out of place like if they they're trying to stick to like an actual period piece and like what would actually be there and stuff like Mm -hmm. that but I think for me, I, it really worked and it just accentuated kind of how much of a fool Zama is. Um, so I really enjoyed that scene. What about you guys? Yeah, I love that scene. A lot of the animal acting here is pretty great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're, we're talking about it <laughs> off mic, but Ron uh, Ron pointed out how they're like horses that just like are chilling and they just kind of look over at the camera straight to the camera like <laughs> kind of like the office oh god <laughs> kind of like the office yeah. where they kind of look at the camera like are you I'm really... telling you it's a workplace comedy yeah, yeah. like are you really, oh, yeah. are you seeing this like are you seeing what I'm seeing here uh-huh. uh, yeah 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 the but I I love what you said uh with the about like that llama kind of being there kind of being like like Zama's just also aimlessly trying and like yeah. um <laughs> like so stupid and um and also, like, I, I put it in my review, but in my review, I said that, like, is bureaucracy and, like, uh, is bureaucracy, like, one of the most evil things that humanity has had? Because, mm-hmm. like, this dude is just waiting and waiting uh-huh. and waiting and waiting. And, like, and then they're like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do it, but I have to send the letter to the king. Then uh-huh. we're going to have to wait one or two years, and I'm going to send another letter. It's like, dude, what the f- What is going on here? <laughs> yeah. Just get out of there. <laughs> like, it's just... I you know, I know. I love I, that. Yeah, I love that red tape, baby. Yeah, yeah, red tape, red tape everywhere. It's insane. I I, I could not believe. Like I, I'm I'm sure that Lucrecia uh, hates hates bureaucracy and like waiting oh, wow. and all these steps that have to be taken or quote unquote have to be taken. You know, like it's just so, uh, right. so silly. And I and um, yeah. Anytime you're yeah. talking to the governor, it just comes back up. Yeah, it was like it like the absurdism of it, like because I was, you know, I mean, I think we've all had instances where we've been in an office with a manager or an advisor or something like that. And, you know, either getting reprimanded for something or trying to, you know, like maybe uh, negotiate for our own, you know, um, (laughs) uh, what's the word Uh, like promotion or whatever. Um, Right. Yeah, so to have, you know, like, some sort of large barnyard animal kind of there, like, you know, just like, you know. Yeah, it's just, it's it, it's so absurd. And it also, like, it kind of, um, like, it makes you think about how, like, one, situations like that are just, like, r- ridiculous in nature anyway. If you, like, really think about, like, how, like, that sort of, you know, yeah, bureau- bureaucracy takes place and, like... um Anyway, yeah, it was I. I was I was very amused by it. It was very funny and very absurd, and you know, yeah, I I liked how how ridiculous the whole situation was. Yeah, yeah. remind me the next time I'm talking to my uh, manager to see if he also sees a llama behind me as well. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, going from llama talk, uh, let's go into my second point. <laughs> um, 
And that's the impeccable cinematography happening here. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. So beautiful. Uh, as I said before, like the first thing that caught my eye for this movie um, was the poster. It just looks so clean, pristine, just really nice. And um, it all comes through. It all comes through with this movie. Uh, it looks absolutely gorgeous um, from that first shot where he's just there chilling on the beach. And then like that final shot where he's in the canoe. Mm-hmm. But like he's in the canoe with his stumps for his hands, mm-hmm. and then like, like everything inside, everything inside the canoe, he just looks dead, like dying. Uh-huh. But everything outside is so green and luscious and yeah. beautiful. I was like, with like the moss or whatever it was yeah. in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was Looks beautiful. So good. Like honestly, uh, like um, I know a lot of people say this about a lot of movies, but I I get it. It's like, like like frames being paintings. Like they just look mm-hmm. so nice. Yeah. It looks so beautiful, and um, I really want to go ahead and shout out the cinematographer for this movie, Rui Posas. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that last name, uh, but Rui's just making, like, he's just flexing hard. Like, how beautiful these shots look. Um, the way that, like, all these landscapes are being caught as well are just really, really beautiful. Um, so, yeah. That's that's my second point. My second point is just how everything looks so nice. Uh, everything just looks so dope. Like even when um, Zama is there being a perv, like the very beginning, like how he's just like in the fore- <laughs> he's in the foreground, um, and then you see everything happening in the background, like the way that it's all framed up. It just looks really good. And so mm-hmm. yeah, I really like that. That, fi- that. That final shot remind you a uh, a Greek uh, a Greek. Uh, tale from back in the day, like Greek mythology, the River Styx. <laughs> that <laughs> definitely reminded me of that <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, okay. I, it did it, but okay. now it does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Sorry, the the Greek nerd in me is coming out now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, oh, yeah. It's, I yeah. I I like that you mentioned that. It, um, you know, like the whole movie is like a painting thing because I I mentioned before we we started that. Uh, I it it was reminding me of Barry Lyndon. Um, mm-hmm. because, because of how, how it looked and it, like, it was like, um, like I said, like, you know, there's, there's stretches where not, not a lot happens. Um, it's kind of just like, uh, Zama, you know, standing, posing in places basically. Yeah. But, um, it, it did remind me of like walking through an art museum and I could see how like, uh, yes. someone could kind of just like, like if this was on TV and someone was passing through the room, they would look at it and like maybe just keep walking like especially if they were like doing something on their phone or whatever um uh, le- but like but if you really stop and really like engage with it and really pay attention to everything that's in the frame um and like the way that the colors are used and things like that i think it gets you get something beyond just like what the story is conveying um and that's just like i'm I'm the type of person that goes to museums and I like, I stop at every single exhibit and I read mm-hmm. the little cards mm-hmm. and I like, I absorb what's in front of me rather than just like, okay, like painting, 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 get me to something like exciting or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, you, if you just stop and like bask in whatever it is, um, you get more out of it. And that's, that's the experience that I, I, I got out of, out of this. There's a lot of really striking visuals, especially when you combine it with the costumes and, um, I presume this was mostly on location. It, th- that those didn't look like sets. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it all like I I was very much there 
just like if I were like at, you know, um, at, at the Getty looking at, you know, Renaissance paintings and feeling, you know, like getting the feeling of like when they were first painted and, and the era that, you know, that they took place in. Uh, yeah, we should definitely go to a museum together because uh, I'm the same way. Let's yeah. go to the Academy <laughs> Awards Museum together. Let's do it. The Academy yeah, of Motion Pictures. Oh, It'll take gosh. us three days to get through it. I know, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, yeah, like right at the beginning of the museum, actually, they just have screens playing a bunch of different movies, like scenes from oh, a bunch yeah. of different movies. Oh. And you could just be lost in that forever. Mm-hmm. I remember I was there with my brother, um, yeah. my wife, and um, my brother's uh, girlfriend, and we were just looking at all these movies, and I was like, oh, this is that movie. Oh, this is that movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so good. Uh, but anyways. <laughs> this is not an Academy Awards <laughs> Museum podcast. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, that was my second point. Uh, what is your last point, Ron, and your rating for your pick, Zama? So, okay, we talked about how Ismail and I both started this movie way too late mm-hmm. at night after way too long of a day. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I just I just mentioned, you know, the whole... the the paintings in a museum thing where this would be easy to, to walk by. Um, I, I started again this morning and I was still, you know, like it's been a long few days. Work's been hectic and everything. Like the three of us have had, have been on a much quicker pace than we have been (laughs) the last few months. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know that I engage with this as much as I would have if I, like, would have just had, like, a calm, normal day with nothing else going on. Or watching it in um, the theater, maybe? And, yeah, yeah, or, or something like that. But um, th- this is all to say, like, even with all that, like, um, like there are some editing choices that have me scratching my head a little bit. Because um, there was one point in particular where I couldn't tell if this was a flash forward or a flashback, like, when he suddenly has a beard. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, but then also, like, Definitely I get I, it. I, I, <laughs> Yeah, I, I I chalk that up to my you know like my my own like grogginess or or whatever, um, because uh, even with my my state of mind while watching it, I I was really struck by by a lot of the the things in this movie. There's, we didn't even talk about like his relationship with um, like a the one the like the 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 rich woman. Oh and then, yeah. Um, <laughs> And then oh also my god! There's... I love when the rich woman's like, "Oh, you should do this." Usted no tiene nada que perder. Like, you have nothing to lose. And she says that <laughs> yeah, like three, yeah, four yeah. times. I'm like, damn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there's that, and then there's a the relationship with with the indigenous woman. That when we find out that like he actually has has a child with this with, with this woman, um, there's there's a lot of layers in this to 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 unpack. And I don't know that you know like it would um, it would probably take us watching it a couple more times and like a whole other episode to really get to everything that's going on in this. Um, but I, um, I, I see why it's such a highly regarded film and I look forward to, to watching it again when it can really give it the attention that I think it deserves. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it four stars. Four stars from Ron for Zama. Um, nice. yeah, I really love, uh, your points there. And yeah, I, I was the same, very groggy. And then like, um, but even through the grogginess, it just looked really nice. Everything was just so well done. Um, I remember I was watching, um, a quick uh, interview uh, with Lucrecia Martel and um, I think it was for the uh, films at Lincoln Center Society or something like that. Uh, right. uh, or one of those interviews that she gave when this movie came out and she said something about how like this movie, she she feels like if you 
if you recommend this movie to your neighbor, then like your neighbor's gonna hate you because it's like it's kind of <laughs> no. or that like um that you might fall asleep in this movie and she's like I don't think that's really necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> so, uh-huh. uh, so yeah, she she knows she knows <laughs> she knows what she's done. Um, but uh yeah, so uh four stars four stars from Ron, uh great, um, Guti, final thoughts and rating for Zama. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of the woman, one of the, one of the quotes that I really liked that she said was like, Europe is best remembered by those who were never there. Uh-huh. When she said yes. that quote, I was like, oh my gosh, dude, like that, that, like that boils down like so many people's view of the, maybe like their homeland that they never were mm-hmm. born there, or how to deal with the, you know, the social or political mm-hmm. systems or economic systems, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. So it's just like, how to romanticize it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. Because it's, never really truly you know experienced it so i thought that line was like oh okay shoot um the other thing (laughs) i really liked about this film that we didn't talk about is kind of the contrast between porto and zama and so Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) porto for example like everyone is kind of they're kind of creating his own identity by telling all these tall tales like oh he did this he did that he could have done those things but according to the guy, you know, towards the end, he says, like, oh, those are all, like, basically, mm-hmm. it's all fake news. Like, you know, no one really, <laughs> yeah, I didn't do all of those things that people are saying that I did, right? Yeah. Um, and in Zama's case, you know, he kind of imposes his own self-identity by saying, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I'm going to be this, like, brave guy who's going to, you know, take down the person who came in and try to have sex with the, the woman, right? And mm-hmm. trying to, mm-hmm. like, put this, basically self-imposing himself this fake identity of being a Spaniard. Um, and so it's, I think it's funny because both are basically fabricated, right? So mm-hmm. I like that kind of, that compare and contrast with those, between those two characters. And I thought that really pays off at the final third. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, luckily I didn't have too much of a struggle getting through this because I started it way earlier than you guys, yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. which would probably work to my advantage. <laughs> uh, but at the same time, I definitely, you know, I started getting the fluttery eyes towards the, you know, the last 20 minutes. Uh, so that turned into like a 40 minute uh, viewing rather than 20. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I think it's, you know, it's a good story um, that kind of shows like someone who's power, you know, he's basically a bureaucratic figure the system but he's essentially powerless like he has nothing to do uh or he has no power over anyone whether it be the natives he can't even be a part of the natives because they see him as a spaniard and he can't be a part of the spaniards because he was born there and on top of that he had a kid with someone who's from the indigenous land there so it's kind of you kind of see like the casualty of colonial destruction in his character from both sides um so with all that being said even though I liked a lot of the themes that this touches upon and a lot of the, what I would say is like vignettes, I guess, mm-hmm. throughout the film. For me, it's something where I really like the, I really like the technical aspects of the film, but emotionally, mm-hmm. um, or as like a cohesive piece, I don't know if I was exactly with kind of the messaging and what, and whatnot. Like, I don't think like this is something that's going to stick with me for a very mm-hmm. long time. It's something I may return to to see if maybe when I'm older, maybe it has a different effect on me. But I don't know if right now it's something that, you know, makes me resonate with Argentinian culture 
or their history or Latin American history or culture. There's other films that I think have done that better for me. Um, and so for now, I think I'm going to give this film three stars. Three stars. Well, like I said, absolute technical marvel. Mm-hmm. Just don't think like cohesively. <laughs> it's something that I really vibe with or is, mm-hmm. is for me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all got to live our truths. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, we are all, we all have our Ferris Bueller's day off. That's so. right. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I really like, uh, what you were saying, uh, Guti, um, especially, I, I, especially like how, like the colonialism aspect, like I'll, another quote that I really liked about it was, um, when this new governor dude, uh, is there and he finds out that someone's writing a book instead of like doing their job. He oh, says, yeah. As hijos, no libros. Basically, he's like, like make kids, oh. not books. Um, yeah. uh, basically, just trying to like, yeah, like basically trying to populate this whole area and uh, like wiping out anyone that's there. It's absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah. And then the whole thing about how Zama does not really feel like, like he wants to be Spanish so bad. Um, and uh but he's still not accepted by the indigenous communities like when he's at one point like when he's like relegated like down to a second or third time <laughs> um uh there he's uh he's like asking for help um and then the indigenous population basically tell him like you're the only guest here zama like we you we're all from here you're a guest <laughs> um you're you're the one that's not really from here so uh i thought that was all really well done no, going back to the education, the quote also that stuck with me is when he's talking about like mm-hmm. um, writing the book where he's been, you know, he's been delegated and he's like, oh, when I'm writing the book, I basically have no master. Like, I thought that quote was really, yeah. uh, was really good too. That was really fantastic. Profound. Very, and he also says, um, eh, no sé cómo serán mis hijos, pero sí sé cómo va a ser este libro. Uh, for, yeah. And translation for the listeners. Um, I don't know how my kids would be, but I know how this book is going to be. Like all uh, like the control that he has over this versus, yeah, it's um, right. it's pretty great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's three stars from Guti, and uh, so my final thoughts for this movie uh is basically what uh what Guti's first point was. <laughs> so uh, uh, spoilers from from Guti's first point, but I I I at first I put I don't know if it's a reach, but at this point I don't think it is a reach. But I'm thinking that Lucrecia Martel here is trying to put all of Argentina in this character of Zama. And uh, there's the stereotype that Argentinians are always trying to be European. They're always trying to be like Spaniards. They're always trying to be, you know, as, as, you know, as, as white and Spanish as possible. Uh, And always trying to go back like Zama. But ultimately that's never going to (laughs) happen. Like um, whether they like it or not, they're Argentinian they're not Spaniards. Um, and uh, that last quote from Zama, I think, really encapsulates it when he says, Digo no a su esperanza. Like, like, or he says something like, um, Te digo lo que nadie más te va a decir. Te digo no la esperanza. Which is uh, translated as like, um, I'm going to tell, when he's talking to, um, what's, what's their face? Um, when he's talking to Gaspar Toledo oh. or Vicuña Porto, um, uh-huh. <laughs> Um, when he's talking to them and his goons, uh, when they're asking like, where are the coconuts? Where are the coconuts with all those like gems inside? And he's, uh, he could tell them and then like they go and find them. 
Uh, but uh-huh. he knows that those are worthless and he knows that like there's no hope in finding them because if you find them, nothing's going to happen. Uh, what he tells him is like, I'm going to tell you what no one else will give you. Um, and that's, I'm telling you no to your hope. Like I'm putting an end to this because he had hope the entire movie that he'd go back to Spain and he never does. Um, and he just has to live with that. And um, once he is freed from that and he knows that he'll never go back, like, uh, I think that's when he's probably happiest in this whole movie, even though he doesn't get his arms <laughs> cut off. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think this is Lucrecia saying, like, Argentina, listen, I know you want to be Spanish. I know you want to be European. But guess what? You're not. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm saying no to that hope. Be Argentinian. Embrace who you are. Uh, embrace the land that you're in. Embrace uh, indigenous cultures that you're in, uh, surrounded in, and th- those that like we in the past have uh, basically exterminated and kicked out. Um, another thing that Lucrecia was saying about uh, in that interview that I was talking about earlier is that she says there's like nothing sadder than knowing that a language has died because hey. when a language dies, like a whole people dies, all their history oh. dies their uh uh all their stories die everything dies when that that language dies and so um uh i know that lucrez is like embracing more the the indigenous population um in argentina so uh knowing that and knowing how this movie ends i think that's that's our ultimate message here basically saying argentinians everywhere please stop <laughs> like, uh, um <laughs> you're not spanish i'm sorry so um yeah, and uh, so I really love that point, and I'm actually at a four stars, just like Ron, um, for this movie. I really had a good time with it. I do wish that I had seen this in theaters or and like in the middle of the day <laughs> instead of at <laughs> one in the morning, like I tried to do foolishly um, when I originally did this. But uh, yeah, I'm four stars for Zama. I uh, really liked it. But anyways, that does it for us for Zama, Zama 2017. Um, and uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on Zama. So if uh, you'd like to, please uh, rate and review Zama and um, tag us on Letterboxd with Real Latinos. That's R-E-E-L-L-A-T-I-N-O-S. You can use a space. You can use without a space. That's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll look for it. And um, also, if you want to uh, explicitly uh, have your thoughts read on the show, make sure to send us an email over at reallatinos at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L-L-A-T-I-N-O-S at gmail.com. Uh, and at our social media handles at Real Latinos on Twitter and Instagram. So with that, let's go into our next pick. For next week, we have a very special guest, videographer and photographer, the Daniel Cura. Uh, Daniel Cura, friend of the show, uh, part of the VHS Village. Daniel has chosen Ex Machina. Ex Machina from 2014, directed by Alex Garland and... Uh, the through line that connects us to this movie, it stars Oscar Isaac as Nathan Bateman in the movie. So, uh, real excited for that episode. Ex Machina is streaming on HBO Max Canopy, so also for free. Um, and Canopies. if you know someone with a screen pass, then maybe they'll share it on screen pass. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I, I think I've got it. So if it hit me up, yeah, if you need hit it, up, Ron, <laughs> if you need that, uh, if you need that screen pass code, so, uh, you can go ahead and watch it and, but it is on canopy. So it's for free. So again, 
no exceptions. No exception. You must watch this movie. Um, so thank you so much, everybody. Uh, Ron, where can they find you on the internet? Uh, I'm on Letterboxd, St. Jimmy 5150. Guti? I'm also on Letterboxd, and you can find me at CG Reviews, all one word. And you can find me on Letterboxd with my initials, I-V-M. That's I, V as in videos, M as in movies. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Make sure to give us a like and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts, five stars on Spotify. If you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, maybe we'll read it on the show. Who knows? Uh, Go ahead and try it. Try me. Try me. Um, uh, Make sure to share this movie with all your friends and family and all of your colonialist um, (laughs) uh, 1500s. um friends and family uh and uh make sure to subscribe to the show to get a brand spanking new episode every single thursday and with that adios 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 real latinos is a podcast written produced and hosted by christian gutierrez ron jimenez and it's my mixed and edited by ron jimenez artwork provided by elizabeth jimenez ron jimenez and it's my Original music provided by Tonolomato. Muchas gracias y hasta la próxima. That sort of, you know, yeah, bureaucracy takes place and like, um, and then, uh, can I get through one podcast without you puking while I'm talking? Guti. Um, (laughs) I just learned that. (laughs) Dude, (laughs) Q&A. Um, Anyway, but, uh, yeah, I just, like, um, it was, uh, stupid cat made me lose my train of thought. (laughs) Um. I'm Mike Rappin, host of the I Read Comic Books podcast, the best podcast for regular comic fans. Join me every week along with two of our ten rotating guests as we talk about what we've been reading, what we're excited to read next, and something, something comic books. New episodes drop every Wednesday, and you can find I Read Comic Books everywhere where podcasts are sold. I mean, usually they're free. I, I, I promise this show is free. Just search for I Read Comic Books. You'll find it. I promise. I promise.